Hello friends, once again it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable and I'm so glad that you have joined us today to gather around the Word of God to open the Bible and open our hearts to receive from the Word of God today. Amen. Uh, I have an important message. I never brought anything from Scripture that wasn't an important message. But I believe it is more vital now uh, than I have ever, uh, ever attempted to preach on these particular issues in the past. I've always known that we were in the end time and the day of the Lord was approaching. But I've never felt the sense of urgency that I feel not just in the Spirit alone, but I feel it because of what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and what is occurring. And I'm talking about way beyond what the pandemic is doing today. There is more going on in our world. Uh, Yes, the pandemic may be triggering a lot of it, but there's something bigger than even this giant in the land that is occurring. And we are living in that lawless time. We're living in that time of abject rebellion. We're living in that time when the enemy is making inroads in the, in the lives of those who keep choosing darkness over light and Satan over Christ. Friend of mine, I want to be one of those people who, like the Old Testament prophet, who was told in the book of Isaiah to lift up your voice like a trumpet, amen, and sound the alarm. I I want to alert. I don't want to to just be a, a purveyor of fear, but we got preachers today that do not sound the alarm. And, and, and listen, if you don't know Christ today, in light of what is happening now and what is coming, what is coming, amen, you, you are in a very dangerous situation. And I'm going to tell you, if, I, if, you, if you were kayaking in the Gulf of Mexico, not a good place to kayak. But if you were, if you were on a surfboard out in the Gulf of Mexico, here around the Tampa area, and a great white had found its way into the Gulf, unusual, yes, but could it happen? I believe so. But one thing is for sure, if, if someone began to yell at you, and tell you you were in grave danger to warn you to get to shore, get out of harm's way. Uh, I don't believe you would hold that against them. I believe you would thank them very, very much for the warning. Uh, Listen, uh, warnings from God through the Scripture is because of His great love for you and for me. And we need to hear those warnings, and we need to heed them now more than ever. Oh, friend of mine, stay tuned with us today. Amen. If you don't know him, I want you to know there is a place of safety. There's a place of security. There is a place, and the place is a person, and the person 
is Jesus Christ today. Amen. Listen, if you'll turn with me to Revelation 6, verse 12 through 17. The day of the Lord's wrath has come. It's being poured out. And this is part of what is happening. The subject today that we're going to teach that I have preached on before, but I want to teach it today. I want to give clarity to it. Very important is who shall be able to stand. Who shall be able to stand? Listen to verse 12 of Revelation 6, down to verse 17. It said, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven, this is the only way he could describe these heavenly bodies falling. It could be a, 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 a meteor storm coming through, not passing by. It could be um, any number of other occurrences. But he said, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains, listen to this, fall on us. They ask, rather than face the judge and face the judgment, they would rather the mountains fall on them and kill them rather than face the judgment that is coming. And they said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb." The wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of His wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That is the question. That is the question. We see God sitting upon the judgment seat, and we see Jesus executing the judgment of God. Because previously in Scripture, in the New Covenant, it says that God has really delegated that judgment to the Son. The great day of His wrath is come. And who is able to stand? It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's a paradox. Here's the Lamb of God that we speak, uh, this sacrificed Lamb, this, this sweet, kind person who allowed allowed them to take him to the cross and as a lamb dumb before his shearers he opened not his mouth this sweet kind person who who allowed them to beat him spit upon him blaspheme him beat him almost to death this sweet lamb of god is now executing the judgment of god and the wrath of God, and the great day of His wrath is come. So previously, when John saw Jesus revealed in the book of Revelation, Apocalypsis, the revelation of who? Everybody immediately focuses on the Antichrist when the revelation begins with and is predominantly focused 
on Jesus Christ. Revealing Jesus. That's what apocalypse really means. To It's a positive thing to us who, who want to know Him better and to see Him as He is now that He has been crucified, raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of God, and coming back again. And this is the Jesus that's going to be coming. And John heard a voice like many waters, like a great waterfall, powerful uh, and he turned to see who it was and he saw Christ and his hair was as wool and his eyes were as a flame of fire now that's not x-ray vision like superman you know god does look on the heart he sees the heart man looks on the outward appearance but god sees the heart this is not that this is fiery indignation this is anger This is wrath, Jesus coming to execute judgment upon the earth. When that term, the wrath of God or the wrath of the Lamb, is used, let me read you something from a commentary. It says, In the total biblical portrayal, the wrath of God is not so much an emotion or an angry frame of mind as it is the settled opposition of His holiness to evil. Wrath, anger, Indignation are integral to the biblical proclamation of the living God and His opposition to sin. While God's love is spontaneous to His own being, His wrath is called forth. His wrath is called forth by the wickedness of His creatures. Thus, it is the wounding of His gracious love, the rejection of His offered mercy, which evokes his wrath. The Apostle Paul penned his personal description of the Lord Jesus in action, indirectly punishing the disobedient and the wicked as can be penned in first no, I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse six through ten. Listen to this. Remember his eyes were a flame of fire. Seeing it is a righteous thing for God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power, when He shall come to be glorified in His saints and be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. When they brought the testimony of Jesus, the good news that Jesus died on the cross to save us, people repented of their sins, and turned from their sin and received Christ as their Savior, the testimony of the apostles was believed. And he said, you, amen. He's going to be glorified in you. He's going to be be absolutely brought into that place that we we want him to be and that is in that place of glory and honor hallelujah see this portion of scripture puts in contrast the coming of Christ to judge and punish the world and his coming as a redeemer to reward his church 
to the world his coming would bring terrible dread. The Bible literally said that all, when, when he comes to judge the earth, that all the world will mourn because of him. You see, the Christ they rejected, they now face as their judge instead of their Savior. But to the redeemed, his coming is glory and delight. That's why the watchword of the church should be, Amen, Maranatha, even so come, Lord Jesus. We yearn for His coming. We long for His coming. And therefore we look for His coming. And the Scripture said unto them that look, He shall appear the second time without sin unto glory. It doesn't mean that He's sinless. It means He's not coming to judge sin like He will come in the second coming. He's coming in the rapture, which I call the secret coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Before the second, in the second coming, He comes with 10,000 of His saints, tens of thousands of His saints to execute the judgment upon the earth. But this coming for us, this catching away, hallelujah, is something we look forward to and we long for. Hallelujah. Let me read a paraphrase of what I've just read here. It said, When the Lord Jesus appears suddenly from heaven in flaming fire with His mighty angels, bringing judgment upon those who do not wish to know God and who refuse to accept His plan to save them through our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished in everlasting hell forever, separated from the Lord. Now, you, you know it's an amazing thing that this is in Scripture. It's clear. It's absolute. And yet we don't hear much about it today. That's not what's trending, but that is exactly what is true. And that's why Paul said, Therefore, Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. The compassion that he felt for the lost and the passion with which he warned them about the wrath to come and called them to salvation was because he understood what the Scriptures also go on to say, that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That means to face Him as our judge and not our sovereign and our Savior. They will be punished in everlasting hell, forever separated from the Lord, never to see the glory of His power when He comes to receive praise and admiration because of all He's done for His people, His saints. You know, the moment you receive Christ as your Savior, we become His children, His sons, His very daughters. Hallelujah. The sons of God. Amen. Brought into His royal family. And you will be among them, Paul says. You will be among those praising Him because you have believed. Glory be to God. Romans 1.18 As we continue to study the outpouring of wrath, it says, For the wrath of God, this righteous indignation, this, this justifiable anger, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Friend of mine, the Bible said before we come to Christ, the wrath of God because of His holiness abides upon us. There's no escaping it. 
There's no excuse for our sin and there is no sacrifice for our sin. But oh, when we confess our sin, forsake our sin and receive Christ as our Savior, then the blood of Jesus is applied. Hallelujah. Amen. And the wrath of God has been satisfied. And we are no longer, uh, no longer objects of His wrath, but we are objects of His love. And even though His wrath abides upon the sinner, the Scripture is very clear. He doesn't want you lost. He doesn't want you punished and banished. He wants to save you. And He wants to secure you. Hallelujah. God commendeth His love to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. This God who must judge sin loves the sinner enough to give His Son while we were yet in our sins. Oh, friend, what a great and good and gracious God that we serve. But the wrath of God is going to come, is going to be poured out during the tribulation. Revelation 14 and 9 says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture. That means no mercy is added to that. Into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment, this is not like cremation. This is not just being quickly burned up and no, an eternal soul cannot be burned up. It has to be put in a place in order to be punished eternally. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever the smoke of their torment, not the smoke of their annihilation and the smoke of, of, of their cremation. This is the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name that will seal their fate. Here in here. Verse 12 says, "Is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Amen. Verse 19 goes on to speak of the great winepress of the wrath of God. So much is here about that. I'm amazed and you should be taken back that you hear so little of it from so many pulpits. I know there are people saying, are you one of those fire and brimstone preachers? Let me tell you something, dear friend. Jesus is the one that used the term fire and brimstone. He's the one that described to us that, that, that molten lake of fire with souls in it that there's weeping, wailing. He hears the sounds of it. He knows all about it. He described it to us. And we need never apologize for speaking what He said. I don't want anybody to be lost. 
I'm going to lift up my voice like a trumpet. I'm going to give a warning. You can turn me off. You can take the Bible and try to rewrite it. But it's going to stand after this world has passed away. Amen. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I pray the truth will set you free. I pray you won't listen to the devil's lies. I pray you won't give your immortal soul up in exchange for a temporal pleasure of sin for a season. Oh, I pray you'll come to know Jesus if you don't. And I pray if you're a Christian, amen, that you'll begin to think about the world to come, that you will begin to look up and raise your eyes because your redemption and my redemption is drawing near. Revelation 15 and verse 1, And I saw another sign in heaven, a great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Revelation 16.1 going forward, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials or bowls upon, of, of the wrath of God upon the earth. And Revelation 19.15 Speaking of Jesus coming as judge, not as Savior. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. God sits upon the throne in the judgment seat, and Jesus executes the judgment. Who shall be able to stand? This is the answer to that question. So one translation says, Who shall be able to stand justified and not condemned before the judge? Look at Romans 5 verse 8 and 9. But God, <laughs> hallelujah, we would have been lost but God. We would have had no hope to escape judgment, but God. Hallelujah. Romans 8, Romans 5 rather, chapter 8 and 9, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified, forensic term, courtroom term, by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Hallelujah. I like the Amplified. It said, therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, and made righteous, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and the wrath of God. Amen. Dear friend, God has a glorious plan to save and secure you and me and make us his people and save us from the terrible wrath to come. His plan includes the rapture, the removal of his people from this planet, <laughs> and God's message to the church is one of comfort and hope. 
I, I'm going to, if you want to homework, just read 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, where the secret, not the second coming, but the secret coming of the Lord, the rapture is described. The word rapture you won't find there, but you will find the catching away, the snatching away with great force and great power. Hallelujah. Amen. But in verse 9, once again, For God has not appointed us to incur His wrath. He did not select us to condemn us, but that we might obtain His salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Go with me to Luke 17, verses 26 through 30. As it was in the days of Noah, this is red letter in the New Testament, this is Christ speaking. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it, Builded, but in the same day that Lot went out of Sodom. You see, when, when Noah and his children were safe in the ark, then the judgment fell. And when Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven, but not until he went out of Sodom. In fact, he couldn't make up his mind where to go when he was getting out of Sodom. And the angel said, quick, make up your mind. I'm here to bring judgment on that city, but I, it's in the King James, hallelujah, I can do nothing until you are out of this valley. You, you've got to be far enough away that none of the fire of judgment touches you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Either in the ark or out of the city, one way or the other, you're going to be in a safe place when the judgment falls. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now the reason that's relevant to us, listen to Luke 21 and verse 34 through 36. And take heed to yourself. Once again, red letter, Christ speaking. A word of counsel and a word of concern and a word of warning to us. Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with what was happening in both Sodom and both Noah's day and Lot's day. Pastor, what is wrong with eating and drinking and building a house for my family? Nothing. Unless you are doing that, oblivious to the judgment to come, unconvicted of any sin, unconcerned that God will ever get around to judging us and the earth for our sins. Pushing back every time God calls us to salvation. I'm just going to keep focused on the temporal and the physical. I'm never going to stop to consider the spiritual and the eternal consequences of my sin. Oh, friend of mine, the devil wants you very, very busy. He wants you to be so involved in all the things of this earth that you do not stop to think about your immortal, undying soul 
and where it's going to spend eternity. And there's a warning to us as Christians not to get caught up in the same values and attitudes of the world. Listen, Luke 21 and verse 34 through 36, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, the cares of this life, and so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, it shall come upon all them, a trap that is sprung quickly upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye might be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man, to face Him not as our judge, but to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded or ashamed of how we lived our life here. But friend of mine, we're going to be in heaven when that occurs. Amen. If we keep our faith in Him and we do not deny Him and we do not turn back. You know, the Scripture said we are partakers of Christ if we keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. For they that endure to the end shall be saved. Hallelujah. We want want to encourage Christians to not get caught up in the same values of the world. There are messengers and messages in pulpits across America, that that the, the message matches the values of this fallen world. Amen. That promotes surfeiting. That means banqueting, drunkenness. And that's not just alcoholic beverages. It's being drunken with the cares of this life to where we're oblivious to the fact that the day of the Lord hasteneth greatly And the coming of the Lord is even closer. Oh, friend of mine, how we should be living. What manner of men ought we to be when the heavens roll up as a scroll, the Scriptures say. Knowing these things, knowing they're about to come to pass, what manner of men and women as Christians should we be? We should be raising our eyes right now. Amen. Because our Redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. God wants you to be ready for the coming of Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, God wants you to be saved today. He wants you to be saved today. Amen. That's why. That's why I'm still preaching. That's why we're using every every, every open door and every avenue that we can find. To tell somebody to flee the wrath to come. To run to Jesus and not run from Jesus. To repent of your sin. To repent of our sin. To turn from it. To choose light over darkness. To choose love over Satan's hate for you. He wants to damn you. God wants to save you from damnation. Friend of mine, don't 
trodden underfoot. The precious blood that was shed on the cross. Don't be a candidate for the wrath of God. Run to the cross. Fall at the foot of the cross. Look up to Him that hung on the cross for you. Repent of your sin and receive Him as your Savior. Be reconciled unto God. <laughs> and plead the blood of Jesus against the wrath to come. Today, if you're a Christian, no soldier that warreth the Scripture said entangleth himself the affairs of this life. That doesn't mean you don't go to work, provide, you don't take care of your responsibilities. But render to Caesar only what is Caesar's and render to Christ what belongs to Him. Let's become the authentic followers of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let's be ready for the coming of the Lord. And let's rejoice that we have not been appointed to wrath. Amen.